25. Compared with the bodies of animals the organs of sense are duller and coarser, thus it is composed of less ingenious instruments, and of spaces less capacious for receiving the faculties of sense. I have seen in the lion tribe that the sense of smell is connected with part of the substance of the brain which comes down the nostrils, which form a spacious receptacle for the sense of smell, which enters by a great number of cartilaginous vesicles with several passages leading up to where the brain, as before said, comes down. The eyes in the lion tribe have a large part of the head for their sockets and the optic nerves communicate at once with the brain, but the contrary is to be seen in man for the sockets of the eyes are but a small part of the head, and the optic nerves are very fine and long and weak, and by the weakness of their action we see by day but badly at night, while these animals can see as well at night as by day. The proof that they can see is that they prowl for prey at night and sleep by day, as nocturnal birds do also. Advantages in the structure of the eye in certain animals 8 to 8, 831, 828. Every object we see will appear larger at midnight than at midday, and larger in the morning than at midday. This happens because the pupil of the eye is much smaller at midday than at any other time. In proportion as the eye or the pupil of the owl is larger in proportion to the animal than that of man, so much the more light can it see at night than man can, hence at midday it can see nothing if its pupil does not diminish, and, in the same way, at night things look larger to it than by day. 829 of the eyes in animals. The eyes of all animals have their pupils adapted to dilate and diminish of their own accord in proportion to the greater or less light of the sun or other luminary. But in birds the variation is much greater, and particularly in nocturnal birds, such as horned owls. And in the eyes of one species of owl, in these the pupil dilates in such a way as to occupy nearly the whole eye, or diminishes to the size of a grain of millet, and always preserves the circular form. But in the lion tribe, as panthers, pards, bounces, tigers, lynxes, Spanish cats and other similar animals the pupil diminishes from the perfect circle to the figure of a pointed oval such as is shown in the margin. But man having a weaker sight than any other animal is less hurt by a very strong light and his pupil increases but little in dark places, but in the eyes of these nocturnal animals. The horned owl bird which is the largest of all nocturnal birds the power of vision increases so much that in the faintest nocturnal light which we call darkness it sees with much more distinctness than we do in the splendor of noonday, at which time these birds remain hidden in dark holes, or if indeed they are compelled to come out into the open air lighted up by the sunday they contract their pupils so much that their power of sight diminishes together with the quantity of light admitted. Study the anatomy of various eyes and see which are the muscles which open and close the said pupils of the eyes of animals. 830. A bien is the membrane which closes the eye from below, upwards, with an opaque film. CNB encloses the eye in front and behind with a transparent membrane. It closes from below, upwards, because it the eye comes downwards. When the eye of a bird closes with its two lids, the first to close is the nictitating membrane which closes from the lacrimal duct over to the outer corner of the eye, and the outer lid closes from below upwards, and these two intersecting motions begin first from the lacrimatory duct, because we have already seen that in front and below birds are protected and use only the upper portion of the eye from fear of birds of prey which come down from above and behind, and they uncover first the membrane from the outer corner, because if the enemy comes from behind, they have the power of escaping to the front, and again the muscle called the nictitating membrane is transparent, because, if the eye had not such a screen, 
they could not keep it open against the line which strikes against the eye in the rush of their rapid flight, and the pupil of the eye dilates and contracts as it sees a less or greater light, that is to say intense brilliancy. 831. If at night your eye is placed between the light and the eye of a cat, it will see the eye look like fire. Remarks on the organs of speech 832, 833, 833. I Bobby B. Cueca ki cuo quare riariro ruthenium sa southeast si so to tu the tongue is found to have 24 muscles which correspond to the six muscles which compose the portion of the tongue which moves in the mouth, and when you are spoken with a clear and rapid pronunciation, it is necessary, in order to pronounce continuously, without any pause between, that the opening of the lips should close by degrees, that island they are wide apart in saying, closer in saying, and much closer still to pronounce. It may be shown how all the vowels are pronounced with the farthest portion of the false palate which is above the epiglottis. 833. If you draw in breath by the nose and send it out by the mouth you will hear the sound made by the division that is the membrane in. On the conditions of sight 834. 835. 834. Of the nature of sight. I say that sight is exercised by all animals. By the medium of light and if anyone adduces, as against this, the sight of nocturnal animals, I must say that this in the same way is subject to the very same natural laws, for it will easily be understood that the senses which receive the images of things do not project from themselves any visual virtue, on the contrary the atmospheric medium which exists between the object and the sense incorporates in itself the figure of things, and by its contact with the sense transmits the object to it. If the object whether by sound or by odor presents its spiritual force to the ear or the nose, then light is not required and does not act. The forms of objects do not send their images into the air if they are not illuminated, and the eye being thus constituted cannot receive that from the air, which the air does not possess, although it touches its surface. If you choose to say that there are many animals that pray at night, I answer that when the little light which suffices the nature of their eyes is wanting, they direct themselves by their strong sense of hearing and of smell, which are not impeded by the darkness, and in which they are very far superior to man. If you make a cat leap, by daylight, among a quantity of jars and crocks you will see them remain unbroken, but if you do the same at night, many will be broken. Night birds do not fly about unless the moon shines full or in part, rather do they feed between sundown and the total darkness of the night. No body can be apprehended without light and shade and light and shade are caused by light. 835. Why men advanced in age see better at a distance? Sight is better from a distance than near in those men who are advancing in age, because the same object transmits a smaller impression of itself to the eye when it is distant than when it is near. The seat of the common sense. 836. The common sense, is that which judges of things offered to it by the other senses. The ancient speculators have concluded that that part of man which constitutes his judgment is caused by a central organ to which the other five senses refer everything by means of impressibility, and to this center they have given the name common sense, and they say that this sense is situated in the center of the head between sensation and memory, and this name of common sense is given to it solely because it is the common judge of all the other five senses i.e. seeing, hearing, touch, taste and smell. 
this common sense is acted upon by means of sensation which is placed as a medium between it and the senses. Sensation is acted upon by means of the images of things presented to it by the external instruments, that is to say the senses which are the medium between external things and sensation. In the same way the senses are acted upon by objects. Surrounding things transmit their images to the senses and the senses transfer them to the sensation. Sensation sends them to the common sense, and by it they are stamped upon the memory and are there more or less retained according to the importance or force of the impression. That sense is most rapid in its function which is nearest to the sensitive medium and the eye, being the highest is the chief of the others. Of this then only we will speak, and the others we will leave in order not to make our matter too long. Experience tells us that the eye apprehends ten different natures of things, that is, light and darkness one being the cause of the perception of the nine others, and the other its absence, color and substance, form and place, distance and nearness, motion and stillness, on the origin of the soul, 837, though human ingenuity may make various inventions which, by the help of various machines answering the same end, it will never devise any inventions more beautiful, nor more simple, nor more to the purpose than nature does, because in her inventions nothing is wanting, and nothing is superfluous, and she needs no counterpoise when she makes limbs proper for motion in the bodies of animals, but she puts into them the soul of the body, which forms them that is the soul of the mother which first constructs in the womb the form of the man and in due time awakens the soul that is to inhabit it, and this at first lies dormant and under the tutelage of the soul of the mother, who nourishes and vivifies it by the umbilical vein, with all its spiritual parts. And this happens because this umbilicus is joined to the placenta and the cotyledons, by which the child is attached to the mother. And these are the reason why a wish, a strong craving or a fright or any other mental suffering in the mother, has more influence on the child than on the mother, for there are many cases when the child loses its life from them. And see, this discourse is not in its place here, but will be wanted for the one on the composition of animated bodies and the rest of the definition of the soul I leave to the imaginations of friars, those fathers of the people who know all secrets by inspiration. Footnote 57, Lepere Aramate. By this term Leonardo probably understands not the Bible only, but the works of the early fathers, and all the books recognized as sacred by the Roman Church. I leave alone the sacred books, for they are supreme truth. On the relations of the soul to the organs of sense, 838, how the five senses are the ministers of the soul, the soul seems to reside in the judgment, and the judgment would seem to be seated in that part where all the senses meet, and this is called the common sense and is not all pervading throughout the body, as many have thought, rather is it entirely in one part, because, if it were all pervading and the same in every part, there would have been no need to make the instruments of the senses meet in one center and in one single spot, on the contrary it would have sufficed that the eye should fulfill the function of its sensation on its surface only, and not transmit the image of the things seen, to the sense, by means of the optic nerves, so that the soul for the reason given above may perceive it in the surface of the eye, in the same way as to the sense of hearing. It would have sufficed if the voice had merely sounded in the porous cavity of the indurated portion of the temporal bone which lies within the ear, without making any farther transit from this bone to the common sense, where the voice confers within discourses to the common judgment. The sense of smell, again, is compelled by necessity to refer itself to that same judgment. Feeling passes through the perforated cords and is conveyed to this common sense, 
these cords diverge with infinite ramifications into the skin which encloses the members of the body and the viscera. The perforated cords convey volition and sensation to the subordinate limbs. These cords and the nerves direct the motions of the muscles and sinews, between which they are placed, these obey, and disobedience takes effect by reducing their thickness, for in swelling, their length is reduced, and the nerves shrink which are interwoven among the particles of the limbs, being extended to the tips of the fingers, they transmit to the sense the object which they touch, the nerves with their muscles obey the tendons as soldiers obey the officers, and the tendons obey the common central sense as the officers obey the general, thus the joint of the bones obeys the nerve, and the nerve the muscle, and the muscle the tendon and the tendon the common sense, and the common sense is the seat of the soul, and memory is its ammunition, and the impressibility is its referendary since the sense waits on the soul and not the soul on the sense, and where the sense that ministers to the soul is not at the service of the soul, all the functions of that sense are also wanting in that man's life, as is seen in those born mute and blind. Footnote, the peculiar use of the words nervo, musculo, corda, senso commune, which are here literally rendered by nerve, muscle cord or tendon and common sense may be understood from lines 27 and 28. On involuntary muscular action, 839. How the nerves sometimes act of themselves without any commands from the other functions of the soul. This is most plainly seen, for you will see palsied and shivering persons move, and their trembling limbs, as their head and hands, quake without leave from their soul and their soul with all its power cannot prevent their members from trembling. The same thing happens in falling sickness, or in parts that have been cut off, as in the tails of lizards. The idea or imagination is the helm and guiding rein of the senses because the thing conceived of moves the sense, pre-imagining, is imagining the things that are to be, post-imagining, is imagining the things that are past, miscellaneous physiological observations 840-842-840, there are four powers, memory and intellect, desire and covetousness, the two first are mental and the other sensual, the three senses, sight, hearing and smell cannot well be prevented, touch and taste not at all, Smell is connected with taste in dogs and other gluttonous animals. 841. I reveal to men the origin of the first, or perhaps second cause of their existence. 842. Lust is the cause of generation. Appetite is the support of life. Fear or timidity is the prolongation of life and preservation of its instruments. The laws of nutrition and the support of life. 843. 848. 843. How the body of animals is constantly dying and being renewed. The body of anything whatever that takes nourishment constantly dies and is constantly renewed, because nourishment can only enter into places where the former nourishment has expired, and if it has expired it no longer has life. And if you do not supply nourishment equal to the nourishment which is gone, life will fail in vigor. And if you take away this nourishment, the life is entirely destroyed. But if you restore as much is destroyed day by day, then as much of the life is renewed as is consumed, just as the flame of the candle is fed by the nourishment afforded by the liquid of this candle, which flame continually with a rapid supply restores to it from below as much as is consumed in dying above, and from a brilliant light is converted in dying into murky smoke, and this death is continuous. As the smoke is continuous, and the continuance of the smoke is equal to the continuance of the nourishment, and in the same instant all the flame is dead and all regenerated, simultaneously with the movement of its own nourishment. 844. 
kin of the animals as thou hast described him I should rather say kin of the beasts, thou being the greatest because thou hast spared slaying them, in order that they may give thee their children for the benefit of the gullet, of which thou hast attempted to make a sepulchre for all animals, and I would say still more, if it were allowed me to speak the entire truth, but we do not go outside human matters in telling of one supreme wickedness, which does not happen among the animals of the earth, inasmuch as among them are found none who eat their own kind, unless through want of sense few indeed among them, and those being mothers, as with men, albeit they be not many in number, and this happens only among the rapacious animals, as with the leonine species, and leopards, panthers, lynxes, cats and the like, who sometimes eat their children, but thou, besides thy children devourest father, mother, brothers and friends, nor is this enough for thee. But thou goest to the chase on the islands of others, taking other men and these half-naked, the, and the, thou fattenest, and chasest them down thy own throat, now does not nature produce enough simples, for thee to satisfy thyself, and if thou art not content with simples, canst thou not by the mixture of them make infinite compounds, as Platina wrote footnote 21, comes Chris I.L. Platina Gart Sacchi, a famous humanist, the Italian edition of his treatise D.R.D. Cochinaria was published under the title De Honestra Voluptate, Evalitudine, Venezia 1487, and other authors on feeding, footnote, we are led to believe that Leonardo himself was a vegetarian from the following interesting passage in the first of Andrea Corsali's letters to Giuliano di Medici, Alcuni genilichiamati gazzarati non essi sabano di cosa, alcuna cetanga sang. Northeast Fratasi Loro Consentano Che Assinacha A di Alcuna Cosa Animata, Camille Nostro Leonardo di Avinci, 518, Amerigo Vespucci, with whom Leonardo was personally acquainted, writes in his second letter to Pietro Soderini, about the inhabitants of the Canary Islands after having stayed there in 1503, Hanno di Carn Humana. Demonera che il padre magia il figliolo, et hol in contra il figliolo il padre secondo che a caso e per sardo yeni, io veni un certo homo salaritissimo che assi vantava, et assi tenua non picola gloria di haur mangiato piu di trecento homini, veni entriene certa nella quale io di more force venis at journey, duly carni humane, how and all silit, iran applicate ali trawi, as I come in my alley try de cusina epicimoli carni de singuli seca al solo al fumo, et massimamente salsici, et ultrasimilcos, and the assimera uglio wando grademit che in my non magiasimo della carne de nemesis, li quali dicono more rapidito, et assere de mera uglio so support, et li no cum sed my soil ni et de la copula paredu di amarigo vespucci fiorentino drizzi al magnifico pietro soderini. Gonfalo Mier della Excelsa Repubblica di Firenze, various editions, 845, our life is made by the death of others, in that matter insensible life remains, which, reunited to the stomachs of living beings, resumes life, both sensual and intellectual, 846, here nature appears with many animals to have been rather a cruel stepmother than a mother, and with others not a stepmother, but a most tender mother, 847, Man and animals are really the passage and the conduit of food, the sepulchre of animals and resting place of the dead, one causing the death of the other, making themselves the covering for the corruption of other dead bodies, 
On the circulation of the blood 848-850-848. Death in old men, when not from fever, is caused by the veins which go from the spleen to the valve of the liver, and which thicken so much in the walls that they become closed up and leave no passage for the blood that nourishes it. The incessant current of the blood through the veins makes these veins thicken and become callous, so that at last they close up and prevent the passage of the blood. 849. The waters return with constant motion from the lowest depths of the sea to the utmost height of the mountains, not obeying the nature of heavier bodies, and in this they resemble the blood of animated beings which always moves from the sea of the heart and flows towards the top of the head, and here it may burst a vein, as may be seen when a vein bursts in the nose, all the blood rises from below to the level of the burst vein, when the water rushes out from the burst vein in the earth. It obeys the law of other bodies that are heavier than the air since it always seeks low places. Footnote, from this passage it is quite plain that Leonardo had not merely a general suspicion of the circulation of the blood but a very clear conception of it. Leonardo's studies on the muscles of the heart are to be found in the Ms. W. I. 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 But no information about them has hitherto been made public. The limits of my plan in this work exclude all purely anatomical writings. Therefore only a very brief excerpt from this notebook can be given here. William Harvey born 1578 and professor of anatomy at Cambridge from 1615 is always considered to have been the discoverer of the circulation of the blood. He studied medicine at Padua in 1598, and in 1628 brought out his memorable and important work, De Motocortis et Sanguinis, 850 that the blood which returns when the heart opens again is not the same as that which closes the valves of the heart. Some notes on medicine 851, 855, 851. Make them give you the definition and remedies for the case, and you will see that men are selected to be doctors for diseases they do not know. 852. A remedy for scratches taught me by the herald to the king of France. Four ounces of virgin wax. Four ounces of colophony. Two ounces of incense. Keep each thing separate, and melt the wax, and then put in the incense and then the colophony. Make a mixture of it and put it on the sore place. 853. Medicine is the restoration of discordant elements, sickness is the discord of the elements infused into the living body. 854. Those who are annoyed by sickness at sea should drink extract of wormwood. 855. To keep in health. This rule is wise, eat only when you want and relish food. Chew thoroughly that it may do you good. Have it well cooked, and spicked and indisguised. He who takes medicine is ill-advised. 856. I teach you to preserve your health, and in this you will as you see better in proportion as you shun physicians, because their medicines are the work of alchemists. XB. Astronomy. Ever since the publication by Venturi in 1797 and Libri in 1840 of some few passages of Leonardo's astronomical notes. Scientific astronomers have frequently expressed the opinion, that they must have been based on very important discoveries, and that the great painter also deserved a conspicuous place in the history of this science. In the passages here printed, a connected view is given of his astronomical studies as they lie scattered through the manuscripts, which have come down to us, and like his other purely scientific labors, Leonardo devotes here a good deal of attention to the opinions of the ancients though he does not follow the practice universal in his day of relying on them as authorities, he only quotes them, as we shall see, in order to refute their arguments. His researches throughout have the stamp of independent thought, 
There is nothing in these writings to lead us to suppose that they were merely an epitome of the general learning common to the astronomers of the period. As early as in the 5th century there were chairs of astronomy in the universities of Padua and Bologna, but so late as during the entire 5th century astronomy and astrology were still closely allied. It is impossible now to decide whether Leonardo, when living in Florence, became acquainted in his youth with the doctrines of Paolo Toscanelli the great astronomer and mathematician died 1482, of whose influence and teaching but little is now known, beyond the fact that he advised and encouraged Columbus to carry out his project of sailing round the world. His name is nowhere mentioned by Leonardo, and from the dates of the manuscripts from which the texts on astronomy are taken, it seems highly probable that Leonardo devoted his attention to astronomical studies less in his youth than in his later years. It was evidently his purpose to treat of astronomy in a connected form and in a separate work see the beginning of NOS. 866 and 892, compare also number 1167. It is quite in accordance with his general scientific thoroughness that he should propose to write a special treatise on optics as an introduction to astronomy see NOS. 867 and 877. Some of the chapters belonging to this section bear the title, Prospectiva, CNOS. 869 and 870. This being the term universally applied at the time to optics as well as perspective see volume I page 10. Note to number 13. L10. At the beginning of the 5th century the Ptolemaic theory of the universe was still universally accepted as the true one. And Leonardo conceives of the earth as fixed with the moon and sun revolving round it, as they are represented in the diagram to number 897. He does not go into any theory of the motions of the planets, with regard to these and the fixed stars he only investigates the phenomena of their luminosity. The spherical form of the earth he takes for granted as an axiom from the first, and he anticipates Newton by pointing out the universality of gravitation not merely in the earth, but even in the moon. Although his acute research into the nature of the moon's light and the spots on the moon did not bring to light many results of lasting importance beyond making it evident that they were a refutation of the errors of his contemporaries, they contain various explanations of facts which modern science need not modify in any essential point, and discoveries which history has hitherto assigned to a very much later date. The ingenious theory by which he tries to explain the nature of what is known as earth shine the reflection of the sun's rays by the earth towards the moon, saying that it is a peculiar refraction, originating in the innumerable curved surfaces of the waves of the sea may be regarded as absurd, but it must not be forgotten that he had no means of detecting the fundamental error on which he based it, namely, the assumption that the moon was at a relatively short distance from the earth, so long as the motion of the earth round the sun remained unknown. It was of course impossible to form any estimate of the moon's distance from the earth by a calculation of its parallax. Before the discovery of the telescope accurate astronomical observations were only possible to a very limited extent. It would appear however from certain passages in the notes here printed for the first time, that Leonardo was in a position to study the spots in the moon more closely than he could have done with the unaided eye so far as can be gathered from the mysterious language in which the description of his instrument is wrapped. He made use of magnifying glasses, these do not however seem to have been constructed like a telescope. Telescopes were first made about 1600, as Libri pointed out his de sciences mathematiques II. 
101 3 Castoral of Verona 1473-1553 succeeded in magnifying the moon's face by an arrangement of lenses compared number 910. Note. And this gives probability to Leonardo's invention at a not much earlier date. I the Earth as a planet. The Earth's place in the universe 857. 858. 857. The equator. The line of the horizon. The ecliptic. The meridian. These lines are those which in all their parts are equidistant from the center of the globe. 858. The Earth is not in the center of the sun's orbit nor at the center of the universe, but in the center of its companion elements, and united with them, and anyone standing on the moon, when it and the sun are both beneath us, would see this our Earth and the element of water upon it just as we see the moon, and the Earth would light it as it lights us. The Fundamental Laws of the Solar System 859-864-859 Force arises from birth for abundance, it is the child of physical motion, and the grandchild of spiritual motion, and the mother and origin of gravity. Gravity is limited to the elements of water and earth, but this force is unlimited, and by it infinite worlds might be moved if instruments could be made by which the force could be generated. Force, with physical motion, and gravity. With resistance are the four external powers on which all actions of mortals depend. Force has its origin in spiritual motion, and this motion, flowing through the limbs of sentient animals, enlarges their muscles. Being enlarged by this current the muscles are shrunk in length and contract the tendons which are connected with them. And this is the cause of the force of the limbs in man. The quality and quantity of the force of a man are able to give birth to other forces which will be proportionally greater as the motions produced by them last longer. Footnote, only part of this passage belongs, strictly speaking, to this section. The principle laid down in the second paragraph is more directly connected with the notes given in the preceding section on physiology. 860. Why does not the weight remain in its place? It does not remain because it has no resistance. Where will it move to? It will move towards the center of gravity. And why by no other line? Because a weight which has no support falls by the shortest road to the lowest point which is the center of the world. And why does the weight know how to find it by so short a line? Because it is not independent and does not move about in various directions. 861. Let the earth turn on which side it may the surface of the waters will never move from its spherical form, but will always remain equidistant from the center of the globe. Granting that the earth might be removed from the center of the globe, what would happen to the water? It would remain in a sphere round that center equally thick, but the sphere would have a smaller diameter than when it enclosed the earth. 862. Supposing the earth and our antipodes which supports the ocean were to rise and stand uncovered, far out of the sea, but remaining almost level, by what means afterwards, in the course of time, would mountains and valleys be formed? and the rocks with their various strata. 863. Each man is always in the middle of the surface of the earth and under the zenith of his own hemisphere, and over the center of the earth. 864. Memdot, that I must first show the distance of the sun from the earth, and, by means of a ray passing through a small hole into a dark chamber, detect its real size, and besides this, by means of the aqueous sphere calculate the size of the globe. Here it will be shown. THA